0: Dear Father in heaven, thank you for giving us this opportunity to partake of the bread of life. We thank you Lord also for the temporal blessings you give to us. We thank you for keeping us alive and sustaining us, providing all that we need. Glory be unto your name, O Lord. Please Father, for all of us who are listening to your word now, We ask for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon us, that we may be prepared to put into practice all we learn and that we may be granted understanding of your word. Especially, Lord, I pray that you put your words in my mouth. For I cannot say anything that is worthy to be listened to, or that will be a blessing to anyone except it is you who gives it to me. Lord, please do this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and courage March eight an inspired resolution Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches run over the wall. Genesis chapter forty nine verse twenty two. Joseph regarded his being sold into Egypt as the greatest calamity that could have befallen him. But he saw the necessity of trusting in God as he had never done when protected by his father's love. As the caravan journeyed southward toward the borders of Canaan, the boy could discern in the distance the hills among which lay his father's tents. Bitterly he wept at thought of that loving father in his loneliness and affliction. Again the scene at Dothan came up before him. He saw his angry brothers and felt their fierce glances bent upon him. The stinging insulting words that had met his agonized entreaties were ringing in his ears. With a trembling heart, he looked forward to the future. What a change in situation! From the tenderly cherished son to the despised and helpless slave. But in the providence of God, even this experience was to be a blessing to him. He had learned in a few hours that which years might not otherwise have taught him. His father, strong and tender as his love had been, had done him wrong by his partiality and indulgence. This unwise preference had angered his brothers and provoked them to the cruel deed that had separated him from his home. Its effects were manifest also in his own character. Faults had been encouraged that were now to be corrected. His thoughts turned to his father's God. In his childhood, he had been taught to love and fear him. Often in his father's tent, He had listened to the story of the vision that Jacob saw as he fled from his home, an exile and a fugitive. His soul thrilled with the high resolve to prove himself true to God. Under all circumstances, to act as became a subject of the king of heaven. He would serve the Lord with undivided heart. He would meet the trials of his lot with fortitude and perform every duty with fidelity. One day's experience had been the turning point in Joseph's life. Its terrible calamity had transformed him from a petted child to a man thoughtful, courageous and self-possessed. Amen. The title of our devotion is... An inspired resolution. We have entered now into the story of Joseph. And once more, the Lord will teach us lessons again. As we go through the history of the patriarchs, the Lord wants us to observe their lives. And as we read in the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 4, we are told that for the things which are written aforetime, were written for our learning. That we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope always have that in mind that as we go through this study it is to inspire hope in us hope that it is possible for us to overcome hope that it is possible for us to be like jesus to fulfill the purpose of god in our lives that is the purpose of this devotion so as we go through the experiences of joseph his relation to different experiences in life with his brothers with potiphar in the prison and also as pharaohs a prime minister and later on with his family again there are a lot of lessons to be learned and the lord will op- will teach to anyone whose mind is open to receive these lessons now we saw how joseph had this issue with his brothers where they cherished hatred towards him for two reasons One was because of the unwise partiality that the father was showing to Joseph in the home. And the second reason was they could see in him that righteousness that condemned their own character. It is frequently the case that people who exhibit a righteous character in the face of people who are doing evil will be persecuted because the righteous character condemns the evil in another person's life. And it is frequently the case that Satan will kindle in the minds of the evil ones hatred, hatred towards those who are doing right. It's always the case. We shouldn't be in that shoe. You can either be the one who is righteous and aspiring, even if you are not like Jacob, at least desiring, aspiring, making efforts to be a good, a good person, reflecting the image of God. Or, you could see someone who is good and then mock him and say, Oh, who do you think you are? You this Mr. Goody-Two-Shoes. And then you call them names like, Holy Holy, holier than thou. These were things that Joseph's brothers would cherish in their mind. They may not use these exact exact words, but verily the same spirit and the same sentiments would be cherished in their mind. That this boy's righteousness is condemning us. Who do you think you are? You Mr. Goody-Two-Shoes and acting as if you are holy they would want to misrepresent many things he does and be critical with him also as he was critical with them to find fault in his life to make him look as if he was not what he claimed to be but there was problem in the home trouble in the home of Jacob and Jacob his life added to the partiality he was showing in the home was what led to his children his sons manifesting such character now this trouble brewing led to something terrible. As we read now from the book of Genesis 37, it says, reading from verse 12, And his brethren, that is Joseph's brethren, went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field, and the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren, tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren, and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, Even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now therefore and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast had devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. And Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit that is in the wilderness, and lay no hand upon him, that he might read him out of their hands, to deliver him to his father again. And it came to pass, when Joseph was come unto his brethren, that they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, and there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and they lifted up their eyes and looked and behold a company of Ishmaelites came from Gilead with their camels bearing spicery and balm and mire going to carry it down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. And let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit, and sold Joseph to, do to the Ishmaelites for twenty pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And Reuben returned unto the pit. And behold, Joseph was not in the pit, and he rent his clothes. And he returned unto his brethren and said, The child is not, and I, whither shall I go? And they took Joseph's coat, and killed a kid of the goats, and dipped the the coat in the blood. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father, and said, This have we found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it, and said, It is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes, and put sackcloth upon his loins, and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted, and he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. And the Midianites sold him into Egypt unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaohs, and a captain of the guard. This story is a very touching one for many reasons. I fear as I look at these brothers of Joseph, the sons of Jacob, I'm afraid. And the fear is how the character of Jacob was amplified in a greater degree in them. I I said before that Simeon was Jacob 2.0. I mean, it's worse than that. It's not just Jacob 2.0. These people had their minds cruel to see their father weep like so and yet not be moved. And they kept this secret from him for over 10 years, not telling the father the truth about this matter. And they saw him weeping without compassion, cared not that their father was crying like this. They had decided to do what they would do and their heart was hardened and they did what they did. For me, I learned the lesson that we should be careful in our youth and the decisions we make on a daily basis because it's coming back. It doesn't mean you're going to make it to the kingdom of God, but you just make your life on this earth harder than it ought to be. You make a bitter uh, food for yourself to eat, which will not be palatable. All these things that Jacob was passing through is because of his own character. What he did, he was still reaping what he did with his brother Esau. The deception he practiced, now his children are practicing deeper, more painful deception on him. What Laban did to him is too little compared to what his own children now are doing to him. As he did to his father, his children are doing to him, but to a greater, more painful and more consequential degree than what he did to Isaac. Isaac couldn't see, he deceived Isaac. With his eyes open, Jacob's eyes open, his own children deceived him. In a very painful way, I learned the lesson that we should be careful what we do. We should be careful. The Lord ordered that providence will do these things to Jacob. The children are not excused. It could have been different. But the fact is that it is not just by genes that children do what they do, but they do it by example. I am of the opinion and I know it is true. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is not about heredity. If you train any child well, they will give the right example. But Jacob's children, not because they inherited any bad blood from Jacob, but because of Jacob's example, they were practicing deception. Not even because of the story they heard concerning how he how he cheated Esau and deceived Isaac. Not that. But they were, we witnessed it there When he deceived his father-in-law, Laban, they knew about it. They saw their father practice that deception. They knew their father could do it. And now, the example that Jacob had shown his children, they were giving it back to him. Because they witnessed their father practice deception, they learned by example. And now, they are doing it on their father. It is a lesson to us, like I said the other day. Let us not be happy when we see bad characters in our children and say oh yes my son is a man he's behaving like a man he's fighting for me he will fight you one day that character that you're encouraging in him is coming back to get you what you see in that child that you are encouraged because it favored you one day do not support it it will come back to get you that's one lesson that we learn but then looking at the brothers of joseph we have many other things to learn you see the role played by each of the brothers would eventually decide their destiny. Simeon being the one who was the chief of this act. Were it not to be for Reuben and Judah, Simeon's case was to kill Joseph and he will be the one that will preside over that. And their destiny was decided by these these acts. Not that they were not going to have salvation. One thing we would understand is God doesn't withhold any salvation from anyone, no matter how bad we are. But the fact is that our life on this earth, the decisions we make determine what we get in this earth. The decisions we make on a daily basis determine what we get. But yet, our salvation is not affected by it all you need to do repent and change your life and the Lord will accept you you will be saved but that doesn't mean he's going to deliver you from the consequences of your action what were the consequences of each person's action here as you see Reuben not because of this situation but because of the situation where he slept with his father's handmaid he never excelled the Bible said so when the when Jacob was prophesying concerning his children um, he said, Reuben, as weak as water, thou shalt not excel. He wasn't cursing him. God was speaking prophetically. Under inspiration, Jacob said those things. And Simeon, the same thing. Jacob prophesied concerning him that his rage was too great and the Lord would not allow him to prosper. But Judah seemed to have something about him that could push forward to do what was right and have some compassion and this compassion in Judah was displayed over and over again firstly in this case where his heart was touched and he said to his brothers this person is our blood let us not, let us not kill him if there's anything at least let's just sell him rather than kill him now to say to, 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 to sell him at that time would have been maybe some would say it's a bad decision but not as bad as you think because there was nothing Reuben was going to do when Simeon is there there's no way he was going to save Joseph from Simeon's hands the best he could do was to give that suggestion to Simeon and the rest of his brothers who were actually junior to him. Reuben wasn't party to the crime the only people he had above him was Simeon and Levi who most likely were in the forefront to kill Joseph but Judah spoke with them and made them change their mind and they sold Joseph. Again in the story of Joseph while Joseph was going to Egypt And he was sojourning as a slave in Egypt. Something was happening to Judah. His life was being transformed. After this incident of them lying to their father, their hearts must have been touched by this event. And they knew we have done something really terrible here. But there was no turning back. There was no way they could tell their father the truth. They kept it secret. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 38, and it came to pass at that time, that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite whose name was Hera. So Judah lived, went away from the family and went to live somewhere else. He had a wife and had children. And uh, one of his ch- children, the first one, the Bible says that his name was Er. In verse 4, it says, And she conceived again, that's the wife of Ju- Judah, and bare a son. And she called his name Onan. And uh, Er. The Lord took him because the Bible says he was wicked. Onan also died. And as things would take place, Er's wife, who was married into Judah's family, did not have his child. And Judah promised her that his last-born, when he grows up, would give her a child. But when the boy grew up, the lady saw that Judah did not give the boy to her. For her to have a child for the family, it was the way they do things in that time. When the lady was married into the family she was not supposed to leave she remained in the family and she didn't leave but then she was not given the boy so that she can have a child from the boy not that she was going to marry the boy but that well now he's a man at least he should give a child for the brother who died and she did something she pretended to be a harlot and stood along the way and when judah was passing judah wanted to sleep with a harlot so he was an adulterer also and slept with this lady who is his own daughter-in-law unknown to himself he didn't have money to pay so he gave her his ring and his staff one day he saw that his daughter-in-law was pregnant and oh judah's righteous indignation was instigated it says in this genesis chapter 38 reading from verse 24, it says, And it came to pass about three months after that it was told Judah, saying, Tamar thy daughter in law had played the harlot, and also behold, she is with child by whoredom. And Judah said, Bring her forth, and let her be burnt. When she was brought forth, she sent to her father in law, saying, By the man whose these are, am I with child. And she said, Discern, I pray thee, whose these are the signet and the bracelets and the staff. And Judah acknowledged them and said, She has been more righteous than I because that i gave her not to sheila my son and he knew her again no more and so judah had two more sons from his daughter-in-law this event would have played a very big role in transforming judah's life and later on when joseph met them it was apparent that judah was a different person now joseph himself was going to egypt what would he do now that he has been sold as a slave We read in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 73, paragraph 4. But in the providence of God, even this experience, that is the selling of Joseph by his brothers, even this experience was to be a blessing to him. He had learned in a few hours that which years might not otherwise have taught him. His father, strong and tender as his love had been, had done him wrong by his partiality and indulgence. This unwise preference had angered his brothers and provoked them to the cruel deeds that had separated him from his home. Its effects were manifest also in his own character. Faults had been cherished, encouraged that were now to be corrected. So what were these faults that were in Joseph's life? You see, it's not only Joseph's brothers that were affected by the father's partiality. Joseph himself was affected by it. It encouraged faults in him. We have been saying this since. Partiality is a sin. The Bible says in the book of James, chapter 2, it's a sin that affects and has its effects, and it should be rooted out from the family. Perhaps the other children would have been nicer if they received attention like Joseph did, or if they didn't see that partiality displayed to Joseph. So what were the, what were the faults in Joseph's life? We read it in Patriarchs and Prophet, page 213, paragraph 2. It says, faults had been encouraged that were now to be corrected he was becoming self-sufficient and exacting end of quote so joseph had flaws in his own life he was becoming too exacting demanding of his brothers that they be like this and be like that and he was younger than them the youngest when you compare the only person that was younger than him was benjamin but as these brothers were all older than him and the partiality given to him encouraged this exacting behavior which would also seem like disrespect towards his brothers and it angered them so this partiality of Jacob did not help anybody both Joseph and the brothers none of them were helped by it now as he is sold as a slave what will Joseph do not many of us can relate with Joseph's experience it's a unique one and there are not many today who find themselves literally almost killed by their own brother and then sold off as a slave, as a young boy. Not many people can relate with that. But we can relate with Joseph's situation as pilgrims on this earth. You see, Joseph found himself in Vanity Fair, which is Egypt. But as he was on his way to Vanity Fair, he resolved that he would not be attracted by anything there, but he would serve the God of his fathers. Reading from Patriarchs and Prophets, page 213, paragraph 3, it says, Often in his father's tent, he had listened to the story of the vision that Jacob saw as he fled from his home, an exile and a fugitive. He had been told of the Lord's promises to Jacob and how they had been fulfilled, how in the hour of need, the angels of God had come to instruct, comfort and protect him and he had learned of the love of God in providing for men a redeemer. Now all these precious lessons came vividly before him. Joseph believed that the God of his fathers would be his God. He then and there gave himself fully to the Lord and he prayed that the keeper of Israel would be with him in the land of his exile his soul thrilled with the high resolve to prove himself true to God under all circumstances to act as became a subject of the king of heaven. He would serve the Lord with undivided heart. He would meet the trials of his lot with fortitude and perform every duty with fidelity. One day's experience had been the turning point in Joseph's life. Its terrible calamity had transformed him from a petted child to a man thoughtful courageous and self-possessed end of quote the lord knows what many of us need and he sees our faults and defects in character and he is the one who orders events to bring us to certain situations that will teach us and develop the characters that we lack as for joseph because he was becoming a petted child and also exacting God knew that this would not help him. If he grows up, he's not going to be the person that God wants him to be. through this cruel thing done to him by his brothers, but nevertheless ordered by the Lord. God wanted to teach Joseph a lesson. You see, in life, we need to learn something from this story of Joseph. Whatever befalls us, let us see it as from the Lord. Joseph's situation was from the Lord. God permitted it to happen. You may be oppressed. Injustice may be done to you. But yet, you have to understand that in all situations, God knows about it. And he permitted it to happen. When Jesus was dying on the cross, the father, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 53, reading from verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. The Lord put his own son through that experience, permitted it to happen to him. It pleased God. It pleased God sometimes for us to be ill. It pleases God for some time for us to not have a job. It pleases God sometimes for us to be oppressed because through these afflictions we learn obedience. We read about Jesus in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, verse 8, that he learned obedience through the things he suffered. And we also should understand that affliction is a way of teaching us lessons. And the Lord takes us through all of this that we may also learn. Jesus, the Son of God and our own Redeemer. The Bible says, like I said in Hebrews 5 verse 8, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience through the things he suffered. Joseph also, he didn't have these characters in him, thoughtfulness, courageous and self-possessed. He was a petted boy, but through these experiences, he learned. I could also tell you of my own story. As a young boy, lost my father while I was still in secondary school, just about to conclude. But I know how that experience, I can look back at it and see that the Lord knew what he was doing. I don't know where my father is going to be, whether he will be saved or not. I cannot say. Just like as I cannot say for any other human being. But what I do know is that these experiences, though painful as they seem, they are blessings in disguise. They are blessings in disguise. And we, who can look back, should be able to uh, see that, okay, since Josephson was a blessing in disguise, ours too can be a blessing in disguise, should be a blessing in disguise, depending on the way we handle it. The Lord has lessons to teach us, things that you will never have learned except you pass through these experiences. Jesus, like we just said, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. We are told over and over in the Bible, tribulation, walketh patience, and patience, hope, God takes His children to, through these experiences because we need it. But we should be ready to understand and walk along with God so that we can develop the characters that He wants us to develop in ourselves. Like I said earlier, even though we cannot relate with being sold as a slave by our own brothers who threatens to kill us, imagine Joseph in that pit, hearing the brothers planning. How must he have been trembling that day? He never thought that such a Such a suggestion would be in the mind of his brothers. The treachery, the betrayal, the cruelty in their eyes. And as he was going to Egypt, he was remembering these things. What will you do were you to be the one? What would you do? You see, we are, as it were, slaves and pilgrims on this earth. And the thought of the future is not pleasant as we think of what we would give and what we would have as we mix with the world As for Joseph, he did not for any moment cherish thoughts of bitterness and decide that he was going to become a wicked person. Or in Egypt, since nobody is here with me, or some people will say, Lord, Lord, why did you let this happen to me? Since you let it happen to me, I will also not serve you anymore. That was not the case for Joseph. Even it was in this situation that he remembered the God of his fathers and made an inspired resolution to serve God to the last with fidelity with no compromise and no matter the consequence so we learn the lesson no matter the situation we we'll find ourselves as we mix with the world for me we must needs mix with the world joseph was taken away from his comfort zone taken to egypt which should represent the place that was the epitome of sin at the time and Jacob, um, joseph was taken to that place so what did he do an inspired resolution this decided that he would serve God all the way you see there are some who see the world as heaven they would gladly be sold to the, to today's Egypt and give pleasant testimonies for it so that they can go and serve as happy slaves to the people of the world that is it is not supposed to be something pleasant for Joseph going to Egypt was not something pleasant there are people today who are happy to go to Egypt they would they would rather be even carried by the ishmaelites smuggled into places they know that temptations are great there but joseph was not happy and we too pilgrims on this earth we are waiting for our lord to come this is not our home and we wish that the environment was better than it presently is but we must needs mix with the people of the world jesus said I do not say that they should be taken out of the world, but that they should not be part of the world. That's what Jesus wants for us. But we are going to mix with the world, just like Joseph was going to mix with the world in Egypt. We may need to be slaves to people of the world because in the providence of God, we need to make ends meet. But we, like Joseph, are to enter this expedition with our proper understanding of what we are getting into, and not even to enter into it unnecessarily. Abraham went to Egypt and came back rich in silver and gold and many cattle. but remember there was a famine and he had to go to Egypt and he there showed an example of what the character of God's children should be. The Lord blessed him and when he was done he came back. The Lord blessed him but he also knew his purpose when going there and did not deviate from it. We must resolve not to cheat, lie, behave dishonestly while working with the people of the world while mixing with the people of the world also we must make up our minds to be honest faithful diligent disciplined and loyal to god and to his law in its entirety whatever the cost only this will secure us the protection and blessings of god and remember that all of this was in god's providence It is not for us to run away from the world. Sometimes, as we are trying to run away, the Lord will create providence and create circumstances that will bring you into the world. But remember that wherever we find ourselves, like we are saying about Joseph, let us make the inspired resolution in our hearts that I will serve the God of of my fathers. I will serve the God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth with all fidelity without compromise. When you are going to your office, remember to maintain the principles of God and not deviate from his word. Don't say, oh, if in order for me to succeed, I have to do this or do that. As for you, let it be that you decide in your mind, this is not where I want to be, but I found myself here. I will do all I can within the law of God, within his principles to do what is best, to be hardworking and all, but I will not compromise. I will follow the law of God. This was the inspired resolution. Do you have a new job? Are you going to the university? Where do you live in your environment? As you are going to those places, or as you have been there for long, or you are still there now, it is time for us to make an inspired resolution like Joseph. If we have not made it before, we need to make it today. If we have made it before, we need to make it again today. That we are resolving like Joseph, that though I am in this world, I will not be of the world. I will not make any compromise to secure wealth or to secure my life. And Joseph was tempted in all points in this matter. He was tempted to compromise to secure his life. He was tempted to compromise to avoid adverse circumstances. He was tempted to compromise to make himself appear as maybe somebody who does eye service. But in all things, Joseph was faithful and did not compromise. Let us make that inspired resolution in our lives when we go to the school, when we go to work and as we live in our present environment where our home is situated. May that be our experience. and may the Lord give us the grace to do it. Let us pray, dear loving Father in heaven. We are pilgrims on this earth, and we ask Lord for direction and for help and for strength that we will not be attracted to the things of this world and we will not lose our integrity or not compromise in any wise because of our ambitions. Help us, Lord, to see this world through the eyes of the Lord for what it really is not something to grab and hold on to, but a place where our characters are being fitted for the heavenly kingdom. Therefore, Lord, we pray grant us grace and strength to make this inspired resolution to be faithful to you regardless of the consequences to serve the God of our fathers wherever we are help us Lord and give us the courage not to be afraid of our employees or our neighbors but rather we'll confess you no matter the consequence and regardless of the cost even if it will cost us our lives help us Lord like Joseph to make that inspired resolution to be an example to the world to be one who serves God and not men give us grace to do all this and help us Lord not to harbor bitterness over those who do us evil perhaps people have done us evil somebody listening now like what Joseph's brothers did to him Lord help us not to become bitter because of it help us Lord not to become evil people because of it but that we will be transformed also and become even better people knowing that what others do to us will not do it to others thank you lord for hearing and answering our prayers in jesus name of freed amen